All right, everyone. It's good to see everyone here today, and it's exciting to be able to uh, support our friends in the Middle East and all over the Southwest and Mexicali with our missions giving today. And uh, we're going to uh, have some fun here. Like Darren said, I'm about 10% here, so 90% of me is who knows where. Uh, but maybe that's how you live all the time. I don't know. This might be your sermon uh, today. So um, Danielle's going to be coming up in a little bit to share some of her thoughts as well. Uh, so we called the lesson Anticipation, and I had to put it of Pentecost because we're celebrating Pentecost next week, which is tw- seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection. But I really had to put it up there to remind me that it wasn't anticipation of my sabbatical starting tomorrow, right? So it's been kind of like, I've been like, we've been in school the last 90 days, we've been counting down. So every night we look at each other and we go, how many days is it now? And we go, I don't know. So we, we figured it out every day and now we're at day one. Uh, so we, we've, we're here and we're just so grateful, uh, really for all of you for even making this possible. And uh, even for what it means just for your uh, faith in us and, and our partnership together. And I, I, I hope that you have the same, well, you probably don't have the same anticipation as us, but I hope you have a similar anticipation about what God is going to do here in these next few months. And so my chapter today is Acts chapter 1, right before Pentecost. And so... Um, We'll see if we can make a few points here um, that talks about anticipation of Pentecost. And um, it's supposed to say Acts chapter 1 on there, but that was probably my bad. In verse 4, I told you, 10% there. I'm going to blame everything on that today. Uh, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so in thinking about this passage, I'm going to be talking about what was important for them to know before Pentecost came, before the Spirit came. Number one is where to be. They were supposed to be in Jerusalem. That's where Jesus told them to wait. And so they were waiting. They were praying And instead of counting down, I think they were probably counting up because they didn't know exactly when that was going to happen. So they started from the resurrection and maybe they go one, two, three and say, "Okay, how long are we going to do this until Jesus? He said in just a few days, but you might know that with Jesus, a few days could be like a long, long, long time. So they made it to 50, which is probably not too bad, but they knew where to be. And they knew that they needed the Spirit of God. That they couldn't do what God wanted them to do without the Spirit that came from Him. Imagine how important it is for us to recognize how much we need the Spirit of Christ. That we couldn't do anything if it wasn't for God living in us. Imagine a church where you just try to Will everything to happen where you try to just decide and make all the right decisions and you have all these 
What does God do whenever we come up with like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan or a 20-year plan? I think God just says, you know what? Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you don't, you can't like plan what God is going to do. I mean, did, did they have the, they didn't know. Even to the end, they didn't even know Jesus was going to die, much less how the church was going to go. And when you read through the book of Acts, was there anything that they really planned? No. They were solving problems that came up. They were in jail. And so they decided whenever they go to jail, let's all get together and pray. That's just a good thing to do. But it wasn't part of the plan. They got in shipwrecks. They, they got bit by snakes. There was a lot of stuff, but I would say that almost none of it was planned. And so there was one time when they actually had a plan and God said no to their plan and they had to do a different plan. You know, when they, when they went over to uh, the guy that was crying out in Asia. I can't remember where it was exactly. That's my 10%. So today we, we recognize that. And then in, next, in verse 7, he says, It is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father set by his own authority. They wanted to figure it all out. So are you going to do it now? God, when he, we're waiting. God, when is this going to happen? You ever done that to God before? Like, God, come on, we're waiting for... He's like, sorry. <laughs> That's not your department. When you receive power, then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That it was important for them to know that they were part of the plan. They weren't the originator of the plan. They weren't the source of power for the plan, but they were witnesses for God's plan to reach the entire world, 120 people, that they took that seriously. And I know that that's something that we take seriously. We're not Jesus. We're not perfect. At our very best, we're teaching people how to mess up and get up again. But we are witnesses for Christ. If you're here and you don't feel like you're a light of the world, then something is wrong with God's plan, and it's because you haven't accepted that. But that's what he's called all of us to, and that's what they grabbed hold of. And even today, in a small way, we grab hold of that as we think about the world. That as they're waiting to see how it goes with all of us, you know, we're joined by, by San Diego and by Coastal and Seattle and Salt Lake City. And, you know, they're just wondering, like, what is God going to do this year? How is he going to be able to multiply this gift? You know, we've heard in different, at different times how that works. Say you have somebody in Yemen who comes across a disciple who they don't know is a disciple, and then they, time goes along, and I don't know how long it takes, but eventually the guy gets up the courage to say, you know what? You know why I'm like this? It's because of Jesus. And then they start, you know, secretly meeting and studying the Bible, and then say, finally the guy's like, or the woman is like, hey, I want to get baptized. Then right there, it literally cost about $3,000 to do that. They get on a plane, go to, go to Lebanon, two of them go to Lebanon. They meet with the church there where they can baptize people. Wow. 
right? You can't really do that, you know? So even just thinking like, wow, I'm, I'm helping towards that. That's what, that's what I'm giving towards. Or recently there's been a real, as we've been talking about, kind of an explosion in, in South Sudan, where they're studying with all these churches and they had all these people getting baptized. And Mofid was just kind of casually telling me, he was talking to somebody, he says, from a different, that wasn't part of the churches that support the Middle East. He said, you know, you could just give, if you give $1,500, you can support a, a paid minister in Sudan, South Sudan, for a year. That's mind-blowing, right? But just to think that that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. That's why we do what we do. Because we want to be witnesses. And we want to help others that want to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I'm going to have Danielle come up and share um, whatever's on her heart. Yeah. of you today, and I just really loved the title of Scott's sermon, Anticipation. I just thought that was a great message, and I love this scripture in Acts, and you know, I just, I, we are anticipating our sabbatical, and we have no idea what that means. Um, we've, as those of you that know us, we're workers, and we've been workers for a very long time. So the thought of taking three months off is slightly scary, but exciting, and, um, but we have a lot of anticipation, and I just really want to thank you. Thank you so much for your support. And those of you that know me know my probably my biggest mantra in life is that I'm in God's hands and that's the best place to be. And I know that he's going to do amazing things with us in these three months. And I know he's going to do amazing things with all of you. And because you're in God's hands and that is the best place to be. And, um, you know, even as some of you know, our HR department has required a sabbatical coach, which has been a phenomenal help to us. But we hear story after story about, well, this is how you convince your church to support this, or I can come and help. And, and there's not been like any of that in our church. In fact, as some of you know, the church office actually, because of stuff in the region, asked us to reconsider this. And we were like, Desert cities will be really mad if you don't let us go. So it was kind of the opposite. We feel so much love and support from you. But um, today is a really special day with it being Mission Sunday. And I think, you know, it was so special having the Tomes here recently. And it's just incredible to hear what God is doing in the Middle East and that we get to be part of that. So I think that is so exciting and to anticipate what God is going to do with the gifts that we give today. But obviously missions and God's mission is so, so much bigger than today. And it's so much bigger than this church. It's so much bigger than we can even imagine. But it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And, you know, it's been really special for me us studying out the Holy Spirit more and thinking about that area of our faith And I really love Darren's message with that, too, about gathering, because I've really been just kind of amazed at the power when God's people come together. 
and really considering all the magic that happens when people with the Holy Spirit come together. And it is incredibly special. And I just think about this scripture about how you'll be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And that really is what I think about all of you. And, um, you know, oh, I'm looking at Rhonda and I'm starting to get emotional. It was like, Scott was like, how are you going to do today? Are you going to be able to handle this? I think you're going to be emotional. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good so far. Uh, similarly, Chloe called me yesterday and asked if I would pray during her wedding ceremony. But she was like, can you do it, Mom? I don't know if you can do it. I think you're going to be a mess. And uh, I don't want you to do it if you're going to be too much of a mess. So um, I, I cry. Easy, Jen Moya. I always make Jen Moya feel good because we cry together a lot. But you are witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I think that that is so much bigger than giving your money, sharing your faith, coming here on Sunday. I think about all the fruits of the Spirit and how you guys are witnesses to God's mission everywhere you go and in everything you do, because this church, you exude so many fruits of the Spirit. And um, I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but as you know, this has been a reflective time as we're about to go, and um, I've been thinking back to my teen ministry days that I came here, and like it's so precious that Maya is here. She's just like got my heart totally when I moved here. But I was thinking about how one of the amazing ways you guys are witnesses is with your children, because your children exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, and you have poured Christ into them, and they are exhibiting that. I mean, I think about... Um, the love I have for all the Hernandez kids and all the teens that I got to be with and all of your kids, honestly, uh, you know, now Hannah has like totally stolen my heart. And um, my friend Tama and her incredible son, Aiden, back there. And just I love your kids. And I just thank you for being witnesses to God's mission in every area of your life and to the ends of the earth. And, you know, I know we have been through um our ups and downs as a church, that's, that's life, isn't it? <laughs> but I really believe in, with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength that I anticipate our best days are ahead. And I have zero, zero doubt in that. Because God is with us, we have the Holy Spirit, and he wants to do great things. And if we just keep loving him and loving others, we're going to spread his love to the world, and we're going to have a lot of fun along the way and a lot of great times together gathering and celebrating. So thank you again for just letting me share and enjoy the rest of the sermon. Okay, I'm back. Um, and I, ho- I hope what you heard is that we're, God is going forward, not looking backward. Yeah. Right? Because that, that's where we're going. We're going forward. If you feel like, hey, I know where we're going, I would challenge that because I don't think you do. Because we're, we're not going backwards. So you, we're not going back to wherever you were or wherever you think we're going. We're going with the spirit forward, with the, the, the word, with this family and that's what makes it fun, right? Because God is creative. He doesn't just do the same thing over and over and over and over. We'd all look the same. 
He's creative in with his church that the church today doesn't look like it did in the first century. We, we don't do all the same things that they do. We don't kiss on the cheek. We don't do all, all the stuff. They didn't have cars. You know, it's very different. So I just think embrace the creativity that where God is leading us. The next uh, passage here, we have a picture with the Tomes here when they came and hung out with us uh, on Friday night. And it says, friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which this Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning, concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. And that's not that everyone in the picture is uh, traitors like Judas, but uh, I just... I was putting the picture off of the word friends, not that not Judas there, in case you're in the picture and are starting to wonder. But what I started wondering, and this is my little Darren moment, is there's 12 verses. The last 12 verses before the Holy Spirit comes is about Judas. You ever think about that? That's kind of weird. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that because I would think, why? Why would I care about Judas? I mean, he he left. He's gone. He did terrible stuff. Why is he even in there? Ever thought about that? I don't really care, like, how he died. I don't care. How they replaced him. Who doesn't matter. Right? Because I'm like, hey, if you betrayed Jesus, then you're, you shouldn't even be in the Bible. That's how I feel. But this was obviously something that was very important. That's why they did it. Everything they did was important, right? That's why they wrote it down, because this was an important part. And you may have wondered for your whole Christian life, why is this so important like me? I'm going to give you my theory on this. That in Luke chapter 22 and 19 to 21, he, t- he had the 12 disciples together and he said, I'm going to confer on you a kingdom and you're going to sit and dwell, judge the 12 tribes of Israel. If you go way back to the very beginning with Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you a promise that all peoples on the earth are going to be blessed through you. Literally you. Literally your family. That up at at this point, the kingdom of God, as you think about it, was not the kingdom of God, as you think about it. It was the kingdom of Israel. That's what they were looking forward to. And so it was very important to replace Judas so that as they were transferring the kingdom from this literal place that had a land, had land and a capital and a temple and people from Abraham, they were transitioning that to a church that didn't have a place that was in all of our hearts, that was by faith and not by blood. They still needed to have 12 People, 12 men to start this, to kind of give credence to this promise that we're going to start this to Israel. And if I could just go a little bit further, I'm not going to be able to prove any of this today, so I could say whatever and I'm going to be gone. I'm probably going to forget. <laughs> All the verses in the Acts, most of the verses where they say how many Believers there were, 3,000 were baptized, and the number rose to 5,000, and they were increasing daily and all that. When you go back and look at all those, those were all Jews. They were in Judea. 
They were in Samaria, which was technically Israel. None of, not, there was a, some Gentiles too, but all the numbers and everything was basically to fulfill that promise to Abraham that the world would be blessed through you. And then after Acts 15, they don't talk anymore about that because it's already been fulfilled. The, the kingdom was fulfilled to Israel and now it's opened up to everybody. I never knew that till maybe a year ago. You can think about that while I'm gone if you remember. But it was important to replace Judas. What else was important? The scriptures were very important, right? There's a, multiple times where they going back to their, their roots, their heritage, this faith coming from the word. And yet it wasn't just the scripture because now they had a new hermeneutic now that Jesus rose from the dead. They weren't trying to go back and recreate all those scriptures. They were trying to view those scriptures through Christ. And here's the first example. It says, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it and someone to take his place of leadership. When that scripture was originally used, it was David talking about all the people that wanted to kill him. And he was talking about all of them. And now they're talking about him, just one person. So they really changed their hermeneutic to where, what this was originally to now this is relating to Christ. And the need to replace Judas. And a lot of us have been going through that. Darren mentioned it, that we're now going through and we're replacing our hermeneutic and we're making sure that it goes through Christ. Amen. That we're not trying to just reproduce traditions that we're trying to understand the scriptures through Christ. Don't worry, it's the same thing we always do. We're just trying to focus on that, right? We always talk about being like Christ, but now we're trying to... If it's a hard scripture, what would Jesus do with this scripture? How does he look at this scripture? And that's what they started to do uh, again. And I think I have one more. In verse 26... He said, and they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the 11 apostles. So this leadership was important. How, how do you think it would feel to make one of the most important decisions for all time by flipping a coin? How, how do you feel about that? They had two really good... This is basically... Why did they do this? Because they were forced to trust God. They didn't figure it out. They didn't look at all the resumes. They didn't make all the decisions. They were, God wants us to trust him. And now don't do this if you have a good choice and a bad choice. Don't flip a coin. But they had two good choices. These are two great brothers. And they acknowledge, hey, I don't know their hearts. Only God does. I don't know who's going to be better. And so they... Cast lots, they probably cast a lot. Um, maybe they put a rock in each hand, said, you know, pick one. <laughs> you know, so maybe you should try that for your family. I do that sometimes. People think I'm a little crazy. I'm like, hey, if they can do it for this, I can surely do it for some little stuff. That's what we need as a church is to recommit to trusting God. This, these next few months are going to be so hard on us. Not on you, on me. How many homeowners, how many uh, 
Com- built, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Self-employed company owners do we have out here? How many, how many of you have your own company? Okay. Okay, imagine this. Tomorrow you leave for three months and you don't talk to any of your employees. That's trusting God. Not even a little call. Not even a big emergency. That's what we're doing. And now we don't, this isn't our company or whatever, but it's a kind of a good analogy to think about. This is so far away from our DNA, you can't even imagine. And that's the point. That's the point. This isn't our church. This is God's church. This church is going to go on. It doesn't matter who's up here. This church is going to go on because of all of you. Because the spirit is, it's not like my spirit is bigger than your spirit. We all have the same spirit. The same power is in all of us. And this is the time we get to recognize that. But just like it's hard for me, I know for some of you, that's also hard. What are we going to do now? Who's going to decide stuff? I don't even know what that means. What stuff are we deciding? (laughs) Who's going to help me work it out with my brother or my sister? Who's going to set up the services? Those are not that hard to do. The Lord's going to take care of all those things. What's that? We have, and we have, if, if you're one of the, Daniel's like, oh man, people are really nervous now. We have all the details down on a piece of paper, and we gave them to all the right people, and they might get the piece of paper and just do this to it. <laughs> just call your friends if something happens. That's all you do. That's how you do. Trust God. And pray. That's a good thing to do. Because ultimately, we don't, like Danielle said, we don't know what this is any more than you do. We're going out. We, have a, we got with our coach like three or four times. Right? It's one, you can't really coach someone on how to do this. It doesn't work. It's like trying to coach someone how to play a sport. I mean, you tell them on the, you draw it all up, but if you can't do it, you know. So we're, all I know really this is the first time we've done something without like a mission in mind, without a goal, without a task. You know, the only thing I know is really the goal is that we're children of God. That's the bullseye. What does God want us to get out of this? To recognize that you're a child of God. That's it. What is God, isn't that what he wants for all of us? To be able to live our lives because you're a child of God. Because you're deeply loved and valuable and you have this power in you and you have friends around you. We spend so much of our lives wondering. I wonder what this person thinks of us. I wonder what that person thinks of me. I wonder what they thought of that decision. I wonder how they liked that, whatever it was. 
You know how much of our lives we do that? We've been doing that all the way up to this day. I wonder if someone's going to come forward and say, hey, you can't do this because there's so whatever's happening. If we could all just understand that, that we're living for him, that we're loved, that we're going to be we're going to be fine. And I again, I just want to thank you guys so much for this opportunity. You know, I'm grateful that we have this. Uh, community that we get to be with because usually when we're doing this we're like leaving i was as i was getting ready to i was like oh i know what this is like i've done this before but not like this because usually it's like my last sermon then i'm going somewhere else seven years here eight years here seven it's been nine years here and we're coming back so i'm like wow this is awesome we're saying goodbye but we're coming back And uh, so let's pray. We'll take our communion together. And I pray that you can anticipate what God is doing and really focus on that you are a child of God. Father, I do thank you for this time. Thank you that we get to be together. Uh, Thank you for your love, for your grace, that you love us uh, apart from whatever we do, apart from whatever we don't do, that uh, you, you want us to feel that, God, the same way that we started with Kieran up here with his grandparents, how loved he is, that you want us to be that kid. And I pray that as we recognize Jesus and his body and blood shed for us, I pray, pray that we can be that kid, God, that we can be your, your son and your daughter, that you help us to keep that, not, not let the, the stresses of this life and the pressures of this life take that away. And help us to live from that place. Uh, We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.